Land Conquest. Communicating with sellers. Now, when you send out mail, it does get some sellers to respond. Now, I wish every single seller would respond, but that's not really the way it works. It's actually only a very small percentage of the people do respond. But when they do, here are the potential responses that you'll get. It'll either be a call, email, text, or another letter in the mail uh, to let you know that they are upset with the offer. They will either request removal from the list or to speak with you directly. Another potential response that you could get is they'll either call, email, text, or mail and accept your offer right off the bat. Now, these are the, on the blind offers that we're sending, the actual offers in the mail. And then also another potential response is they'll call, email, text, or mail and send you a counteroffer. That happens quite a bit as well. When they call, email, text, or mail to let you know that they are upset with the offer, that's a, that's a very common response, especially initially when we start sending out the mail. Like when the mail batch starts hitting initially, uh, the first responses we'll generally get are people that are upset with their offer. They're offended that we sent them an offer that is too low um, you know, for their perceived value of the property. So this is really why we use the call answering service. It's a big part of what their job is. Uh, their job is to um, filter out these sellers by motivation. So we've got a specific script that we use that kind of filters them out. And if they are actually motivated sellers and interested in moving forward with uh, putting a deal together, then we consider that a real lead. If they are just someone that calls in and is not happy with the offer, wants to complain, wants to talk to the owner, wants to do whatever, uh, there really is no reason to call them back. Uh, our only, my only suggestion is to just remove them from future mailings. So I don't waste my time with these people that just want to get me on the phone and complain to me for, some, for one reason or another. It's simply uh, that call answering service is simply uh, a way to filter out those people and find out the ones that are serious and the ones that are not serious. Um, another potential response is that they will call, email, text, or mail you back and just accept your offer. Now, obviously, this is great. And, uh, you know, that's the whole point of sending out these offers. So a certain percentage of people will actually send back the offer and accept them. Um, and, uh, you know, so, or some sellers will just call in and say, hey, I'm ready to accept your offer. In this situation, you will want to research the property before committing to moving forward. Now, unfortunately, a lot of times when sellers will just accept the offer right off the bat, it may not be a property that you want to buy. Um, sometimes they are properties that you want to buy, but sometimes not. So it really just depends. So we recommend really just researching the property before you contact them back. And if the price is good, um, if is it a good property that you want to buy? Um, if so, just kind of agree to move forward. If not, you'll need to decline or negotiate the price. And that's a kind of a common scenario as well. You know, sometimes, um, sometimes a property may be a little less than average in, in one particular way. And in order for it to work for you, you might need to get the price lower. So in those type of situations, it's simply a matter of renegotiating, letting them know why that you can't move forward to the original offer price and seeing if they're still interested in moving forward or not. And one thing I would like to note is that I think a lot of people get caught up on this, that if we're sending out offers, you know, we have to kind of move forward with anyone that just signs the offer. That is not the case. We're sending out an offer that does not have our signature on it. So we're sending out um, a purchase agreement and it's really only a contract if both parties sign it. So we're not signing it initially. 
they generally sign it first, and we can decide if we want to sign it or not when it comes back. Um, and then, as I mentioned, you know, they can call, email, text, or mail back a counteroffer. Sometimes we'll get a piece of mail and, and uh, uh, receive a piece of mail, and it'll have the offer price crossed out, and it'll have their own price written in. And at that point, we take a look and we say, you know, is this uh, something that we can live with? You know, is this a price that works for us or not? And then we kind of make that determination before getting in contact with them. That does actually happen frequently. We also have a kind of a form on our website where people can um, people can go on there and then submit a counteroffer. You know, if they feel like their property is worth more for one reason or another, people will fill out that form. We get it as a lead in our system, in the land conquest system, and then we'll be able to deal with it appropriately at that point. And, uh, you know, again, the, the big thing in here is to research the property in depth before you have that conversation or before you get back with them. If a seller counteroffers, it doesn't mean that it's their best price either. So we have that a lot. Like a lot of times people will just want to try, want to float out a counteroffer to see if we'll just go for it or if they can bump up our price higher. So that's uh, that's one tactic uh, that happens a lot. So sometimes people will counteroffer something higher. We'll look at it and say, well, this this doesn't really quite fit our criteria. We can't go that high. Um, we've even had a lot of situations where we're like, well, we can't even do the original offer price because of these particular reasons. And we go back and we let them know what price would work for us. And uh, sometimes we still work out a deal that way. Because even though they countered offered higher doesn't mean that's that's the only price that they will accept. It's simply a means to starting a conversation about selling their property and determining a value that works for both sides of the equation. Um, the bottom line is, you know, when you're getting a response of some sort, aside from just the complaining type of response, these are sellers that want to sell and are just looking to negotiate the best deal for them. So the best ways to communicate with sellers, you know, phone calls are usually the preferred method to communicate with sellers because really they're the quickest and easiest way to establish rapport. Um, and they're also the quickest way to put deals together sometimes. So it, it does have that extra layer of, of comfort for them to let them know that they're dealing with a real person and a real company. So some sellers actually, though, don't want to talk on the phone at all. And that's actually a pretty common scenario. And it's okay. Our, our goal is to communicate with sellers in the way that they feel most comfortable. Now, if they were, they were responsive by email or text, then just stick with that. You don't have to get them on the phone in order to work out a deal. Um, there's no reason to insist that they speak to you on the phone. Um, we have worked out lots and lots of deals with people by email or text communication only. We've never spoken to them. Um, they just are not phone people, and that, that's okay. We'll work with them in however they want to communicate, and that's fine with us. So tips for communicating with sellers. Always be respectful and non-emotional. If a seller is upset with your offer or insults you, take the high road and just move on. There's no real good in insulting them back or getting emotional and getting upset about it. It's simply they don't really know you. They don't know the situation. They, they don't have all the information. And there's no reason to take that, their negativity, and let it ruin your day or, or anything along those lines. Um, so the other thing that's really important is to respond as quickly as possible. Now, it's always best to get back to a seller immediately or as uh, soon as possible. The longer you wait to call them back, the harder it is going to be to get a hold of them. And that really, really is true because you have to, I always keep this in my mind, strike while the iron's hot, meaning when they're ready to go, when they call, when they pick up that, that phone 
or email you, that's when they're at their highest motivation. So if you can if you can kind of match that and get back to them as close to that time as possible, that is really the best thing that we can do. You'll have a lot higher success rate if you kind of follow that. So always research. Another thing that we always do is always research a property before returning a call. Now, it's best to decide on a property when talking to the seller. Um, then you'll get a lot more deals. So if you research a property ahead of time, call up a seller, ask them some questions or get some some information that you needed to maybe fill in the gaps. It's best to just make a decision right at that point and just move forward with it and, and put that deal together right away. Um, if you need to uh, negotiate the price, also let them know why. So, you know, it's typical that you're going to have to renegotiate the price. So these offer prices that you send out are based off of averages. Um, each individual property is different. And when you research a property, you might find out some undesirable things about the property that make it less valuable to you. So if you need to renegotiate the price, it's best to always let them know why. For instance, if you looked at the property and you notice that 50% of it is wetlands or it's on a huge slope, you'll just have to communicate with them. Hey, I would love to pay what we offered, but unfortunately, we didn't realize that the property was 50% wetlands or had a huge slope to it. So for that reason, really the best we can do is this amount. So that's uh, that's really what you need to do in your negotiations is, is communicate that reason why you can't offer the price that you were originally offering, and most sellers will understand. They may not like it, but they will understand, and they generally know about their property, and they know that limitation with the property. So it's not a surprise to them in most cases. Um, so it's impossible to be... You know, regarding these blind offers, it's impossible to be 100% accurate with your offer prices because in most areas, each piece of land is completely different. Now, sometimes your offer will be too high, sometimes too low, and other times it will be right on. Now, the offer that you send is meant to get the seller to respond. Now, like, that's the whole point. The Sending these offers is really no different than any type of other marketing. In fact, you're just getting motivated sellers to respond, and that's really the whole point of it. Whether you were 100% accurate with your pricing on your offer is, is less important. It's more important to actually get that conversation going and seeing if you can come to some common ground on a price to put the deal together. After the seller responds, you can evaluate the property in depth and see if you can put together that deal. Many properties have issues, and you probably don't want to buy all the properties, even if they are really cheap. So I kind of didn't realize that at first when I first started in this business. There's a lot of properties that you probably don't want to buy. And I know some land investors are of the philosophy that they'll buy anything as long as the price is right. I don't have that philosophy. I really only try to buy decent properties at this point. Um, any of the properties I've bought in the past have major issues, but I was getting them for really cheap. Uh, I never made much money on those, and they ended up being more problems than, than they were worth. So I've kind of transformed to the philosophy that I'm really only trying to buy quality properties at a, at a good price. That's that's my thing. You might be completely different, and, and you might find that those types of properties are, are very profitable, and maybe you don't want to turn down any property if the price is right. But I have a, I have a little bit different philosophy in the way I do things. Okay, what happens if an offer is accepted, but you don't want to buy the property? In this situation, simply inform the seller that you cannot move forward and provide a reason. Always attempt to negotiate if you do want to buy the property, but simply at a lower price. Now, we've put together many deals where our initial offer price was way too high, and uh, but we were able to renegotiate and actually put those offers together. Now, remember, a contract is only binding if both parties sign it. Hate mail. 
Uh, hate mail is unfortunately a part of the business. And we even have a category in the community which is all about hate mail. And the goal with that is to kind of uh, lighten up a subject, which I think causes some stress to some land investors. So the idea is to kind of share, you know, a uh, humorous type of hate mail that you get. And, uh, you know, obviously with with uh, redacting any type of personal information on those on those pieces of mail and just kind of um, make light of that together and uh, just know that it's part of the business and not to take it seriously. Uh, the definition really of hate mail in, in our book is that this is when someone will send you back an insulting letter because they did not like your offer. And uh, do not take this personally in any way. In fact, do not give it a second thought at all, unless you think it's funny and you want to post it in the community, which is great. But if you receive a funny one, post it in there under the hate mail category so we can all get a good laugh. Just don't take it seriously and don't let it ruin your day. It's going to happen and uh, just know that it's coming. And, you know, there's some pretty creative people out there. Um, I got one, um, one thing in the mail one time, which was just someone, it was a drawing of them sticking up their middle finger at me. Um, another time someone sent me back a, um, my letter, but it was shredded in like 50 different pieces. They just ripped up my offer and shredded it in 50 different pieces. And then the, uh, the mail uh, scanning service that we've got, they actually pieced it all together and then scanned it and sent me back the copy. I thought it was the funniest thing. I'm going to have to find that and actually post it in the community because I thought that I got a really good laugh out of that one. But just don't let hate mail ruin your day.